Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Kitchen Club is kindly sponsored by Sweaty Betty, who make the best yoga clothes ever. Yoga has had a really positive impact on my relationship with my body, but wearing the right clothes is also key for a mindful practice. Let's face it, we've all been there in down dog. You know you should be focusing on your breath, but actually you're wondering if your pants are on show or you're fighting to keep your top from falling over your eyes. So true. The girls at Sweaty Betty have answered our prayers. Their all-female design team of yogis have created amazing quality clothes that look great, feel awesome, and allow you to move really freely. So if you're in need of a little push to get on the yoga mat, or just an excuse to invest in some quality clothes to move in, Sweaty Betty are very kindly giving Kitchen Club listeners a generous 20% off so you can practice in comfort and style. Simply enter the code KITCHENCLUB at the checkout online. And if you need a bit of inspo, Serena and I have both been living in the Garudasana pants, which are hands down the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. I literally can't take them off. Me neither. They need a wash. Don't forget to tag us in your sweaty Betty pics on Insta, at Kitchen Club Podcast. We bet you will all look wonderful. Thanks, sweaty Betty. Thank you. And welcome to Kitchen Club with your hosts, Sarah Malcolm and Serena Lau. Kitchen Club is the podcast that brings you honest, topical conversations from our kitchen table with no boundaries. Each week brings a new guest, a new area of expertise for us to dive into, and a new recipe based on our guests' three favourite ingredients. Ahead of recording each episode, we ask our guests to challenge us to a healthy habit. This is something that they use every day to enhance their well-being, help keep them feeling balanced. And we like to then trial and test it so we can let you all know how we got on. In this episode of Kitchen Club, we speak to the amazing Jess Moses. Jess is a food photographer, copywriter, and co-founder of the Phuket-based smoothie company, Nana Bowls, which are absolutely delicious. 
A few years ago, she made the huge move from London to Thailand and now lives in Melbourne, where she leads social media campaigns and offers freelance photography and food styling to local cafes and restaurants. We recorded this episode at Sarah's and it was really special for us to have Jess on the podcast because she's a friend of ours. We've known her for a couple of years through work now. It was really kind of Jess to find time to record considering she was only in the UK for a little while. So thank you, Jess. And her ingredients that she wanted us to cook with were almonds, avocado and broccoli. Which I think is really funny because if I had to pick ingredients for Jess, it would probably be those three. Or poached eggs. Yes, that's so true. She used to make those in the office all the time. So if you'd like to know what we cook for Jess, then stay listening and have a look on Instagram as well for the recipe where you can find us at Kitchen Club Podcast. Here is the wonderful Jess Moses on Kitchen Club. Hi Jess, welcome to Kitchen Club. Hello. Hey Jess. Hello. Look. Just glowing Thank right now. You. Where have you just come back from, Jess? Um, I was just in Israel on a summer holiday. Lovely. Yeah. And Jess has uh, recently, well, how recently, moved to Australia? I feel like it's really recent, but it's not. Nine months ago. That's still recent. Yeah, it's Within the recent. year, yeah. That's like big life changes movement. Yes. Where in Oz do you live, babe? So I live in Melbourne. Have you been? No, but I'm desperate to go, so maybe we'll it's come and visit great. you. Come and visit on Lovely. the other side of the world. I feel like Melbourne is like East London. It is a bit. It's very... Ch- I always compare it to London, but on like a way smaller scale. Just way mm. more chilled, way smaller. People are way friendlier, basically. Yeah, and yeah. there's a beach. Yeah. Heaven. Quite great. Which is not in London. Um, so, Jess. Tell me. We asked you to tell us your three favourite ingredients so we you can did. make a delicious, hopefully, dish for you. Mm-hmm. Um, talk us through your three favourite, if you remember them. Okay, so they were broccoli, almonds and avocados. Yes. And when I told you them, I was like, I'm such a geek. Like, I feel <laughs> like they are the most boring foods in the world. But I literally, they are my favourite foods. I love them so much. I literally eat, like, probably a whole avocado a day do which you very good, <laughs> but they're so versatile they are so versatile almonds i think it's a family thing like my mum just we never really had like crisps in the house it would always be almonds and if my friends came over i'd be like oh do you want a snack do you want almonds i'll be like no like <laughs> i want crisps i want chocolate we're like no is that from when you were even really yeah young? but i just love it i'm broccoli Love broccoli. I'd say broccoli was one of my Broccoli's favorite Broccoli's great. I think one of my favorite veg. Yeah, definitely. Roasted. Yeah, roasted. You made the most unreal lunch. Yeah. Sarah was cooking today. So smelty. Tell us what you made. It was fab. So I made a lovely quinoa broccoli salad with um, some salsa verde dressing and roasted the broccoli. Very simply in olive oil and salt. And then I... For Jess's almonds, toasted them and then added olive oil, maple syrup and salt. So it went nice and sticky. And then we had some sliced avo, um, did a lovely salsa verde, just blitzed loads of great herbs up and capers. I'm obsessed with capers. Mm. I really hoped that you wouldn't arrive and be like, hey, capers. No, I love capers. You wouldn't have known they were in there. No. And I never eat cake. It's not something I would ever buy, Mm. but you've inspired me. And then some pomegranate and what else? Was that it? Lemon zest. Lemon zest, yeah. Yeah. Mange too. Oh, Oh, yes, yes. mange too. 
bit of more crunched a little accent. Yeah, too. So that was our was that was our lunch. It was perfect in the sunshine. Nice big salad. Yeah, we ate it in the sunshine. It's still very hot in London as we're recording this. So we're sweating our tits off, great. and we're now drinking a delicious iced coffee with oatly milk. Yeah, barista edition. Oh, the best. The best. Fancy. Oatly. So Jess, I feel like you really embody health. Where did your passion for eating well and fueling your body well come from? Sweet that you think that. Um, I think it started in my first year of uni. So throughout my whole childhood and school gap year, like health wasn't really a focus. Not that it was bad. It just wasn't really a thing that I ever thought about. Um, But when I first went to uni, I went to Nottingham University. That was the first time I lived away from home. So it was the first time I was like buying food for myself, cooking for myself. And it kind of just made me question what I was buying and what I was eating, basically. Um, And it just, I don't know, it just sparked some sort of passion in me. And I was really into eating healthy, buying healthy foods, creating delicious meals that were healthy. Um, So it's not like some big story. I, I was never unwell. It wasn't like this thing, this path that I found. It was more just like a gradual let's see how I can like make myself feel even better basically which is so rare for a student life yeah it's so true actually to be fair on my gap year I was literally living off of like burgers hot dogs like it was quite gross so I think I that kind of was maybe the starting point but Yeah. yeah Jess Serena and I all knew all know each other from working um at the Deliciously Ella office together. That's where we all our friendships blossom. And Jess would... We, we'd all be in the office on a Friday and everyone would be like, what are your weekend plans? And Jess was like, oh, well, I've got Friday night dinner. And I'd always envy you. I was like, wow, what a lovely thing. So for anyone that doesn't know about Friday night dinner, because I feel like that must have been such a big part yeah. of growing up and food, loving food for you. Yeah, Can 100%. you tell us yeah. maybe if that... So I'm Jewish and... My background has been quite a Jewish upbringing. Um, I went to a Jewish school and my whole family, we're not necessarily very religious, but we do kind of practice a lot of cultural Jewish traditions. And one of the main ones is having a big Friday night dinner with the whole family. And this is literally every Friday night, literally for as long as I can remember. Um, And it's just basically a massive... It's an excuse to have a massive meal, basically. Um, Always roast chicken, chicken soup, potatoes, all of that. And it's just such a nice way to be with your whole family. So even if you don't see your family during the week, you know you've got Friday night at the end of the week to just kind of come back together. Mm. And yeah, I love it. It's literally the best thing. And even if my friends were doing something on a Friday night, like dinner would always come first. Would you ever feel a sort of FOMO growing up? Um... Not necessarily, just because a lot of my friends are also Jewish, so they would be doing the same with their family. It was more when I went to uni and after at work when I mixed with people that would be doing things on Friday night, that was more when I was like, oh, maybe I want to go. But no. But what a lovely way to end a sort of working it's amazing. week together. It's so great. I'd, I'd love to do you that. You can do it. You don't need to be Jewish to do it, babe. <laughs> so food has always been like a big part of my life I think in most religions I feel like food is quite a central point um because it's 
a way where family can just get around the table and all be together. So I'd always see my mum like cooking in the kitchen and trying new recipes and things. So that definitely did inspire me. Back when we worked together, yeah. something that you used to always be telling us about and especially in relation to food was hormone health. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your explorations with food in with regards to hormone health and how that's affected you. Yes. So... Um, I'd say like in terms of hormones, my biggest struggle for me was acne. I had the most horrendous hormonal acne for like, from like the age of 13 to 23, basically for 10 years, it was horrendous. I didn't really know what was the cause of it for a long time. Only towards like the end of it, I realized it was hormonal. And I go to all these doctors, I was put on the pill, I was put on Roaccutane, which is a very, very strong antibiotic. Mm. I mean, is that the one that really dries you out? Oh, it's horrendous. Like your whole skin peels off, your lips peel off. Like it's got some serious side effects. I literally tried everything and even that didn't help. So I was like, this is, I can't live like this. Like this is bad. So I tried to explore the whole natural path um, and I went to see an acupuncturist and that was when that I think helped me so so much like to this day I'm obsessed with acupuncture because of that also during that time I had come off the pill and for a year afterwards didn't get a period so I kind of knew there was some sort of imbalance going on but after like three sessions at an acupuncturist I got my period back after a year so that was kind of like a big deal for me in terms of hormones and my acne cleared up after that so yeah I put a lot down to hormones and acupuncture and in terms of food to be honest I was eating quite a healthy diet already so I didn't change that much in terms of my diet I cut out nightshades which I think helped um I still don't really eat them but I don't really know. So nightshades are just a group of vegetables, kind of. Um, They're not bad foods at all, but they're a group of foods that some people can react to. They may cause inflammation like potatoes, red peppers, tomatoes, aubergine, really random foods. And that seemed to help as well. But yeah, in terms of diet, I I didn't drastically change much. It was more kind of doing acupuncture and lowering my stress as well because I also think stress was a huge huge part and I'd always see in my skin whenever I'd go through a stressful period at work or whatever it would flare up like 10 times so now I try and live a very stress-free life as much as possible if you could see Jess's skin if you could see Jess's skin right now she is like a golden goddess glowing (laughs) I think it's the sweat but (laughs) (laughs) so acupuncture and food and then lowering your stress levels yeah what sort of things do you like to do to help you de-stress I'm not the kind of person that does well like being on the go all the time I need to like make sure I have my alone time but if I'm like even just arrangements with my friends if I'm just like back to back with things I'll stress out Um, so I need to make sure I have some like downtime in the day just to like chill out and be by myself. I know there are loads of people that just love being around people and love being go, 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 but I'm not that person. So I need to just chill out and even like little things. If I do have a really busy day, just making sure I'll like go for a walk or like get outside or get in the sunshine or something just to calm me. So yeah, just walking for me is like the main thing. 
that brings us quite nicely onto your healthy habit, oh, yes, doesn't it? It does. So can you tell us, you actually sent us a little list oh, yeah. of lots of things that you like to do on a daily basis to keep you balanced, to keep you on track. Um, can you tell us which things you shared with us and then which one we've gone for for me and Sarah yeah. to try? I don't actually remember everything I sent to you, but... We do. Oh, okay. You, you probably got it in like a PDF somewhere. <laughs> we actually do. You probably do. Oh, God. Um... One of them was I start my day with um, just a slice of lemon in hot water. Um, I just really like that. I think I like it more just as a routine. Like I get out of bed, make sure I drink my water. I don't, I'm not a massive coffee drinker or a tea drinker. I'm so bad when it comes to caffeine. So it's kind of my alternative. I also sleep with my phone on airplane mode. And I found that really helps my sleep because before, like, I'd always sleep quite well, but I'd kind of wake up in the middle of the night randomly. So I think I'd get into a bit of a deeper sleep with it just to get rid of do the Do you Wi-Fi. still sleep with your phone? Do you sleep with it near your bed? Yes, that's still something I'm working on. I have tried putting it in another room, but I still get anxiety. Separation issues. Yeah, seriously. Do you use your so phone bad. as your alarm? Yes, yeah. which is a problem. I do too, which I need to move I need to from. get an alarm clock. But I do try when I wake up in the morning to give myself at least an hour before turning on my phone. So I'll do like my morning routine, have my lemon, have a shower, whatever, chill out, and then t- turn on my phone when I'm ready rather than just like rolling out of bed and looking at it because that would just stress me out. I think that was another thing you told us. You said like, really... don't look at your phone for the first two hours yeah. that you're awake or something. Because yeah. it's quite nice because... I would find if I did that straight away, looked at my phone, I'd have a headache for the day. And I think it's because my eyes haven't adjusted to daylight. And then I'm like immediately looking at the screen. So that I think that was another thing. I try and get outside quite early in the morning and look at the sun or look at daylight just to adjust my eyes. And I think there is some science behind it because it like activates your mitochondria or something. But um, yeah, I quite like it just to get get outdoors. And then you're not bombarded with 40 emails no, as soon as... I yeah. can't. I need to be settled when that happens. Yeah. And especially when you're, a lot of your work is on your phone. Exactly. It's good to be in the right mindset to be like, right. Okay, this is work mode. Yeah. yeah. And your last one, which we have tried, yes. tried and tested. So my last one is to make sure that I go for a walk outside every day in nature, preferably. And this is quite a new thing. Ever since I moved to Melbourne... It's just something I've adopted. Um, And I first started it just as a way to, like, force me to get out the house and to just not be indoors all day. But now I really love it, and if I don't do it, I get quite sad. Do you have a time of day you usually go? Usually later in the afternoons around, like, 5, like, sunset time, around 5, 5.30. And I do a lot of work at home, and I'm sat a lot of the time during the day. So by that time, I'm, like, quite ready to just get up, move stretch my legs be outdoors not look at a screen um and I try not take my phone with me as well just to be in that moment and just walk basically I feel like I could walk for hours I love Mm. it so yeah so we've been we've been trialing it well I feel like I also do this a lot anyway so my (laughs) mum when we were when my brothers and I were children um anytime we'd feel kind of like not stressed out as kids but if we were getting fussed up about something or being a bit mopey or moody or, you know, angsty, she would take us for a walk, even okay. if it was just round the block. And she did this ever since we were, like, babies. That's if amazing. we were crying or 
were a bit hot and bothered, she'd take us out, probably for herself as well, in a buggy. And then it went all the way through our lives and she'd always be like, right, let's go for a walk. And where my parents live, quite lucky, we've got beautiful fields just at the end of the road. And we'd always just do that and feel so much better, just half an hour walking in nature without your phone. Mm -hmm. And it's something, every time I go to my parents now, I will do the same thing go out without my phone and just walk down the fields. It was also great when we had a dog. I do find it harder now that I'm in East London to do that, obviously, because I don't have the luxury of some fields down the bottom of the road. But luckily, have a great park right nearby. Yeah, I just, I agree. Like, it's so lovely to do, especially when you've been working by yourself all day long in your house, (laughs) to just get out without your phone. And it, for me, it's a real time of reflection and um, allows me to land a bit more. Sometimes when I'm feeling really flustered or stressed out, I will go for a walk and I'll re- repeat, even sometimes say the date out, out loud to myself. So, so I'm literally like, this is where I am because I have a weird image of a calendar year in my head. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> and I can like land myself, ground myself in that date, in this moment, just by being outside having a moment, telling myself the day. And it's so good for me. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So I was so glad that you yeah. asked us to do that anyway, because I was just like, yes. Done. <laughs> Please. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It's so great. It's so therapeutic. And I feel like people, when they get stressed, they're like, oh, I need to book a massage or I need to do this. And like, this is something like anyone can do at any moment, which is quite nice, that you know you've got your little escape anywhere basically and taking your shoes off yeah on grass. get grounded oh, mm, the best feeling so in the world. great i was gonna say it's an easy one for anyone to take up because <clears throat> even if you can't go for a walk in nature like you can go for a walk and it's free yeah and there's no time constraint like you can go whenever so growing up we also used to go for a lot of walks we always had dogs when i was growing up it was like a nice thing that we would do and i think even then when I was like a bit of a stroppy teenager, I would be made to go for a dog walk. So I'm kind of the same as you, Sarah. It's been like a part of my childhood. And so I've really enjoyed it since you set it to us as our little challenge. I'm lucky enough to live very near Brockwell Park, which is massive and so beautiful. So I've tried to go and have a little walk in there. But another thing that I do if I am quite time pressured in the day I feel like very often with London transport, to walk somewhere is only a little bit longer than to take the bus. And so whenever I have a circumstance, if it's like 45 minutes on transport or 55 walking, I will make sure I find the extra time and walk. Yeah, so good. And not only is that good for the environment, it's good for (laughs) your wallet, it's good for your legs, it's good for your mind. Yeah. And so it might not be walking through nature, it might be walking Mm. through you know, a really busy part of town, but at least you're walking, not yeah. sitting on a sweater yeah. tube yeah. with your nose in your phone. And Agreed. it joins up the dots of London, which for some people, can, London can 100%. feel quite mind-boggling. Yeah. And if you're not looking at your phone, you can look up and look at, there are so many beautiful buildings in yeah. London just to be like, wow. Yeah. And it's not fresh air, but it's got to be a bit fresher <laughs> than do. on the tube, doesn't it? Rather than being in someone's sweaty armpit, yeah. I'm five three, five foot three and a half. So oh. if I take the tube, it is armpit city. Yeah. <laughs> so I will walk whenever I can. If you follow Jess on Instagram, you'll see that she was living in Thailand. 
Right. I was indeed. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since you left London, since mm-hmm. we all stopped working together? Yeah. Where you are now, what your sort of journey, because Jess is bossing it. Am I? Yeah. She's a feel busy like girl. I am, thanks. So as soon as I left Deliciously Ella, I moved to Thailand, to Phuket to start a smoothie bowl business there called Nana Bowls. And that business is still running today. If you don't follow Nana Bowls on Instagram, what you are you doing? doing? It's the most beautiful account ever. Oh, yes. I do love it. We need Nana Bowls in London today. We do. I should have made you. You should. Next time. <laughs> Next time, yeah. Um, so I was living in Thailand for two years Um and the whole time I was there, I was basically building Nana Bowls. So I moved out in December and we launched in January. So it was quite a quick turnaround. Um, and when I, I've got a business partner who I do it with called Phil. And when we first started, we literally had no money, had like very little plan of what we were going to do. But we knew we wanted to do it. So we kind of just tried to figure out the easiest way to do it and to make it as simple as possible. And the original goal was to actually set up our own shop and have a little smoothie shack and make it all cute and tropical. Um, But we thought that was quite risky and we didn't have a lot of money. So we thought, what's the next best thing? So at the time, there was a cafe that we used to go to all the time just as customers. And we got to know the owner quite well. And this cafe, Wilson's Cafe kind of said to us like why don't you just put your smoothie bowls on our menu and trial it that way and just see if it works then great then you can open your own shop and do it do it that way so we were like great that will be the perfect test run for us um so we put five flavors on their menu and it sold really well what were Um, the flavors i think it was like mint it's quite similar to what it is now What, what we've got now is mint choc chip oreo peanut butter salted caramel strawberry and roseberry coconut yeah mm. and they're all made from delish. bananas right all banana based with frozen coconut and then just flavored like with peanut butter or blueberries or whatever so that model worked quite well and we kind of thought actually this is kind of the way forward instead of just having one shop where we kind of limit ourselves to one location let's just put ourselves all over Phuket and try and get into as many places as possible. So now we supply really big hotels and restaurants and cafes. So, yeah, that's the way it wow. works. And has it been a, a struggle to um, launch or did you find it quite sort of easy to, to get in on? In It was easy and hard. It was easy because Thailand is quite behind the times, even compared to Bali. It's very very like back to basics so you'd launch you pitch to a cafe we've got this smoothie bowl concept and they'd literally never heard of smoothie bowls before so they'll be all over it they'll be like when can we have it because for them it's such an exciting concept but the hard thing we found is um kind of retaining the the people that we work with because we found they'd have us for maybe like three months and then ditch us and then bring on their own smoothie bowls so that the hard thing is to kind of stop them from copying exactly what Mm. we're doing, basically. Um, But because we've been doing it for two years, or over two years now, we've kind of built a brand and a name for ourselves. So I think the cafes also like the association of the brand as well as Mm -hmm. the product, um, which Which, helps. Which is incredible. Which really helps. I remember when you first started Anna Bowles and um, 
there was a maybe a competitor of Nana Bowl's Instagram. You're like, wow, one day we'll have people coming and like taking their own photos. <laughs> yes, of that was Nana the Bowls. dream. I know. And I still happened. get excited. I know. When people tag us, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> it is so cool. It is I amazing. It's so weird. And what made you first start Nana Bowls? Honestly, it was just something that we wanted. So I remember going to Phuket to visit Phil. Um, and I was staying in his house and we were just like, oh, what should we have for breakfast? And we were in the kitchen playing around, making smoothies. And we made our first ever flavour, which was rosemary coconut. Um, and we made a smoothie bowl and it was so thick and so creamy. And we love smoothie bowls, but we were kind of sick of having them really sugary because a lot of the common smoothie bowls are so high in sugar. Um, and we're both quite health conscious. And at the time... I was, I think I was like on a no sugar diet or something. So I was like, let's try and make this with as little sugar as possible and maybe add some protein in because Phil's really into the gym and loves his protein. And we made it and it still tasted amazing even with those like changes. Um, And we were obsessed with it and we were like, wait, if we love it, maybe other people would love it too. So that was, that was really the the main reason why. Because you were messing around with, I don't know if you still do it, like, courgette and cauliflower oh, yes. in your smoothie yes that never made it to the nine balls menu no. <laughs> phil never let me <laughs> but i loved it personally because i try and stay like as low sugar as possible um so i was even thinking of alternatives for banana so like frozen courgette frozen cauliflower is quite a good base and then you just flavor it with things like peanut butter or blueberries to hide the gross cauliflower taste and you're fine <laughs> i remember i tried to make yeah, I remember you did. Was it yeah. good? I think it was. I don't know why I didn't do it again. Maybe because it was a bit more prep. Yeah, you kind of have to steam the cauliflower first, then let it cool and then freeze it. Right. Which is a bit of an effort. Yeah. Yeah. Running your own business presumably comes with massive highs, but also some some lows. What excites you most about running Nonables? Like, what's the best thing, but then also what's been challenging? Um, the best thing is probably just seeing something grow. So starting something from like a simple, very little idea, just like a little passion to see it turn into an actual business. Like we used to call it our passion project and we still do because we still don't think it's like a legit thing. I think when you're in it, you kind of don't really believe that it's an actual thing, but it is amazing to see it grow and to see the potential of just a simple idea. But then with that comes a lot of stress because it is just me and Phil um, and we literally do pretty much everything so there isn't really like an off day you're kind of doing it all the time and yes you love it and it is your passion and it's something you want to do but there isn't really like a okay it's five o'clock I'm gonna leave the office now and then I never have to think about it again so it is quite full-on. If you could give Jess and Phil from two years ago, one piece of advice now, what would you say to them? I would say to stop overthinking things because especially at the beginning, we were so worried about what people would think, like, how's it going to look? How's it going to go? Like, literally, and that would kind of pause us from launching something or changing something because we would just never be satisfied and always editing. But I would just say just do it and edit as you go and that is eventually what we did like if I look back at our menus 
from two years ago, it's completely different and the design and everything, even our Instagram, completely different. Um, so things are always going to evolve. So I wouldn't, I would just say, don't be so like hung up on the little things and just put it out there, get people's feedback and edit as you go. I think that's great business advice for anyone who's thinking yeah. of starting a business or at the beginnings of a business. Life advice. Life advice. Yeah. <laughs> General. Don't overthink it. Just business. go with it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Basically. And now you've got Nana Ball's running in Phuket. Yep. You've moved to Australia. I have indeed. Has Nana Ball's also launched in Australia? Yes, Incredible. it has. Um, it's on quite a small scale. It's not like Phuket just yet. Um, we're in one cafe in Melbourne called Treehouse Cafe, um, which is really great. It's in the heart of St Kilda. And the goal is to just roll it out across loads of cafes, basically, and across Australia, like Byron Bay, Sydney, would be quite great. The only struggle we find with Australia is um, the food scene there is unbelievable already. Like, I think they have some of the best food in the world. So we kind of need to put like our own maybe unique spin on things because a lot of smoothie bowls exist in most cafes already. So we need to find a way to make it a bit more niche. So banana bowls are the thickest and crudest. They are. Bowl. And that's the goal. Yeah. That is the absolute goal. Yeah. So you say the food's pretty good. It is. Down under. It's unreal. Tell me what else. Oh my gosh. I'm to say now. <laughs> the question is. Yeah. Why did you move to Australia? Because. <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yes. Oh. Because you, for five years or something. Six years. Six years. Six years. You've been in a long distance relationship. I have. And, you know, when we worked with you at Ella's. You were Skyping him the whole time and then you moved to Thailand and you were a little bit closer to him. So basically, my boyfriend is Australian um, and we actually met nine years ago on our gap year in Israel. We've been together for about six years, but it has been such a roller coaster. So a lot of that time was long distance between London and Melbourne, which is insane. Um... And yeah, when I moved to Thailand, it was way easier. We could see each other a lot more because before we were seeing each other once or twice a year with a lot of what's happening in between, which isn't fun. It's actually horrendous and I do not recommend it. (laughs) But it's worked out really well because now I've moved to Melbourne and we live together. So yes, it's kind of gone full circle. What, What advice would you give to anyone who is going through a long distance relationship? I definitely couldn't do it. So I don't know how you do it. To be honest, I don't know how I did it. Like, I really could not do that again. Just like, I think it's really good to have a goal because when you're in that relationship and there's no kind of end time, it's really hard to keep going because you're like, what is the point in this? Why am I doing this? But even if you've got like your next trip booked or he's coming to see you, just like keep that in mind. And when you say goodbye to each other, always know, okay, in three months I'm going there and have that to work towards because otherwise you're just like going round in circles. And we actually broke up a couple of times because of that, because there was physically no time where we could see each other. And it gets to a point where you're just like, why, why am I doing this? So having like a goal to work towards is, is really helpful. And now you live together. And now we live together. So that's all in the past. Absolutely. It's so fab. Yeah. It's so good. It's like a happy ending. Yeah. It's not the end, though. It's not the end. It's just, just the beginning. beginning. <laughs> so cringe. So, Jess, you have Nana Balls. Yes. 
and we'd love to know what other things you've got going on and how you sort of film fill your day as a business owner as a footloose and fancy free gal yeah can you talk us through your typical day yes I can so to be honest Nana Balls doesn't take up loads of my time just because a lot of the hard work is done it's kind of set up we've got everything in place so it does kind of just run really nicely which is good so whilst I'm in Melbourne I'm working on more of my own thing which is food photography and that kind of stemmed from running social media accounts for people previously in Thailand. I was running a few cafes, Instagram accounts, and I didn't love the whole social media side of things, but I did love the creative side of creating their content and taking their photos. So when I moved to Melbourne, I was like, oh, how can I make some more money? And food photography was kind of the natural next step. So my main gig is kind of just going to cafes, doing a big two three hour photo shoot for them and then editing and sending their photos so yeah a morning would be um waking up being a bit chilled going to the gym um if I've got a photo shoot on that day I'll go to the location it can be anywhere in Melbourne um and it usually takes two to three hours to do the whole shoot they'll maybe give me like 20 different dishes and we'll just have loads of fun playing around with it and then I do a lot of editing. So the editing quite takes quite a lot of time. So I'll be home maybe in the afternoon just using Lightroom and editing Is that your, your fave? Yeah, love edit, Lightroom. Yeah, I edit on that too. It's so good. It's so easy as well. Mm. Like people are like, oh my God, where did you learn this? I'm like, I literally taught myself in a day. I know that sounds really bad, but it's so easy. So I just use that. Yeah. And then I'll go for my walk. Your evening walk. And yeah. then you're... you're- Boyfriend then, comes home. Yeah, he'll be home at like 6.30. We'll cook together and then just chill, basically. I've just left like eight degrees weather in Melbourne. So for the past like four or five months, it's been proper winter. So I've been hibernating. Yeah. What's your favourite thing to cook? <laughs> salmon. Uh-huh. I'm such a salmon girl. I You've always been sal- a salmon girl. I know. Salmon, avocado and broccoli and maybe some almonds. <laughs> I'm so boring though. That was I don't really lunch most days. I love it so much. I'm so predictable. I'm also quite similar to you because whenever my boyfriend says, what do you want for dinner and he's cooking, I'll say salmon, broccoli and sweet potato. Yeah, so easy. <laughs> so simple. Basic, but yeah, does, so does good. the job. I know. Now you're back in London. <laughs> what do you miss most when you're not here? My family. Yeah. I miss them loads. Um... I've got two little nephews who are so cute. They're four and two. And I've got two sisters, so we're all very, very close. So that is kind of the hardest thing about living abroad. And also, it's not... Thailand was one thing, but Melbourne is literally the other side of the world. So I do feel so far away when I'm there. But coming back and seeing all my friends and seeing my family is is just the best thing. If anybody in Melbourne is looking for food photography, help with things like that, how do they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Freshly Snapped or on my website, freshlysnapped.com or email me, jess at freshlysnapped.com. Yeah, and I'd love to work with you. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming, babe. It's so special to have you home. We've missed you so oh, much. I've missed you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's this has been, been so good. It's been a dream, Jess. It's so nice. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a lovely Thank rest you. of your time in London. And you. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 
Oh, it's so lovely having Jess to chat to. And I'm actually so proud of her, Serena, for following her dreams. I remember when she had these aspirations to start Nana Bowls. And it is a massive deal to move countries, let alone setting up a business in a foreign country. She's incredible. I know, she's awesome. It was so great to have her on. Thank you so much, Jess. To everybody listening, we hope you enjoyed. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to know a little bit more about Sarah, Jess and I, all of our details are below in the show notes. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast if you would like in on the delicious recipes that we've been creating. And we hope to see you again next week. Thanks for listening. See ya.